This is the Insulone podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, I like to preempt certain emotions and feelings around my diabetes. I lower my expectation emotionally. I don't expect myself to feel good all the time because I'm not gonna. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good morning and welcome back to the Insulon Podcast or good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening and wherever you are listening. Welcome back. We're delighted to have you. And in Ireland, it is 8.30 a.m. We're coming at you nice and early today. And for me, I'm not used to speaking this early in the day. I usually don't have my first call until about 10 a.m. because I like to settle into my day but graham is well used to this after years of doing a 6 a.m breakfast show in dublin five days a week graham how do you feel energized it's funny how you fall out of routine so easily i've done it now for <laughs> yeah. four months four months i've been out and i'm like oh whew. that's 8 30 so i'd be the show be over half done by now so i would be nearly finished my day uh weirdly enough but my day with radio, then I'd go home and I'd concentrate on the Insulone podcast. However, it's flipped now. I concentrate on the Insulone podcast in the morning <laughs> time, and then I go to work doing a drive time show. This um, is the main no, gig. I feel good. I feel energized. Do you know what? It's actually a nice enough day. Yesterday was a torrential day in Dublin. Mm. I was on my little city bike cycling over to the radio station, and then I got blown into the River Liffey, which is the main river running through Dublin City. It was so windy. But now it's a nice day, nice October day. We're getting close to Halloween. And I want to talk about something well, that... Oh, hold on, hold on. Speaking of City Bike, oh, I recently God. saw a billboard of you, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were listening, I think it was the last episode that we were listening to, and Graham was explaining that he is unbelievably famous in Ireland. He can't even walk down and get a slice, a slice pan of bread. Didn't say that. But... Yeah, yeah, close enough to that. But I was driving around yesterday and I saw you on a billboard in Dublin. Yes. How does it feel? On um, your bike, you and Nathan. It feels all right, yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, how can I phrase this just in case anybody who's involved in the process is listening? Um, Are you annoyed that I asked you that question? <laughs> no, <laughs> or brought it up? <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a long process to, uh, a long but very quick process, if that makes sense. A lot of work went into picking the right theme and words and outfits to go on this billboard. And we wanted to stand out and the two of us were wearing Lycra and bicycle helmets and we're on the back of the same bike. So uh, if anything, it, it stands out. I like the line, we'll pick you up. Because that's our kind of motto. We'll give you a little bit of a pickup. Which then we were so yeah, so we do a drive time show, and the whole thing is we like to kind of give people a lift and kind of make people happy when they're driving home from work in the, in comparison to the mundane stuff you'll hear on talk radio. However, when we landed on we'll pick you up, and then we said we're gonna go with this for the next few months, we forgot about the other meaning of that, especially in the States, where you go and pick people up, as in Oh, I, yeah. I suppose in Ireland, you would call it go on the pole. 
yeah. or basically go out and try and get with boys and girls. You'd pick them up. So when we say, because we did a video the last day where we went on the streets of Grafton Street with a megaphone and we're giving people compliments. And we said, we went on to Grafton Street to pick people up. It has different connotations in different places around <laughs> the world. So we have to be very careful. With, uh, yes, we did. We gave people compliments. <laughs> that was it. Anyway, oh. moving on. Well, if anybody is driving around Dublin anytime soon and sees a billboard of two happy men so happy. on a bicycle, one of them is Graham. <laughs> Which one? Which one is this? Um, I want to talk about something <coughs> that popped up in my emails. I'm, I'm subscribed to this uh, website, which kind of gives me various facts about the different podcasts that I'm involved in. And Insulone Podcasts, obviously one of them. And actually, you put it on Insta. I sent it to you, actually, which surprised me, but also excited me. It tells us where we are in the rankings, mainly in Ireland, the UK, Australia, and uh, America, where most of our listeners are. However, it did give us this, which has never done before. It gave us our rank history in Bulgaria. And I didn't know that Insulone was so big in Bulgaria. Out of all podcasts last week in Bulgaria, the Insulone podcast was number 78. And out of health and fitness, the Insulone podcast was ranked as the 10th most popular podcast in Bulgaria. That's unreal. Gotta say, a massive shout out to all the Bulgarian listeners of the Insulone podcast and it got me thinking of going into our podcast site where we host the podcast and it gives a breakdown you can do of all time of the last week of the last month of where people are listening to you and how many people per country are listening to you in that country so I've narrowed it down to the last month so over the last month and I found the countries where only one person has listened to the Insulone podcast <laughs> oh, hey. so there are how many countries have just one listener? Six countries have just one listener. Okay, that's six guests for the podcast. Guaranteed. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I like where your head is going there, on because yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing. If you are this one person, now you mightn't be listening to this this week. You might be listening to it in two or three months because you mightn't listen every week. But if you are a person who listens to this country, there's a high possibility you were the only person in that country listening. So. Country number one, Botswana. <laughs> Unreal. I Country number where, where is Botswana? Africa, I believe. I believe yeah, it's Africa. Where, like, let me have a look here now. Let's get the maps up here. People are probably listening to this being like, what the hell are the lads talking about today? <laughs> Southern Africa. I came on here for some information, for some helpful you'll, information. Oh, you'll get your information. Botswana. Special shout out to our listener in Botswana. Oh, Botswana is huge. It's just north of South Africa. So it borders South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia, and Namibia. No, I got that wrong. It doesn't border Zambia. It borders Namibia. So that one listener in Botswana, shout out to you. Next one, one listener. Oh, flag. It's a beautiful flag. I like that color blue. We have one listener. Owen's got ideas of stealing the blue from Botswana. (laughs) Yeah. It goes well with the Insulone color scheme. Another listener in Chile. Only one. Only one listener in Chile. Hmm, thought there would be more in Chile. One listener in Honduras, Central oh, wow. America. I know where Honduras is. We played them in football recently, I think, didn't we? Did we? Not Well, not recently, but I vaguely remember. I have some recollection of 
us playing Honduras in some might must have been some World Cup qualifier years ago or something. Could I don't know, maybe one listener in South Korea. Oh wow, nice. Special yeah. shout out to South Korea. Yeah. One listener in Lebanon. No way. Now I have a theory about Lebanon. Why it could be Lebanon. Or it might it might be a local Somebody in from the army. It could be because a lot of mm. the Irish army go on peacekeeping duty in the Lebanon yeah. for six, nine months at a time. So it could be an Irish person. Does that say when that person listened? In the last month. Oh, okay. Because there's a guy who I know who is in the Irish army and has been stationed in Lebanon for, I, th- I think he's done a couple different stints there. So that could be him because he, he said to me that he he's not diabetic or anything, but he listens to the podcast every now and then just to... Just to listen to it, basically. Yeah. Um, so it could be him. Could be. That was, let me tell you, it was, I've narrowed it down. That was in the last week. And one person in the last month has been listening in Oman in the no Middle way. East. So if you are one of those people that listens in Botswana, South Korea, Oman, Honduras, I've lost my page now, but you know the countries, do give us an email on the Insel Owen podcast at gmail.com because I think we'd love to just either hear your story who you were where you heard the podcast and even better and not necessary just if you, if you email doesn't mean you're going to have to come on but we would love to just chat yeah. to you about your experience with type 1 diabetes in those in countries those, yeah 100% yeah. I'd love to know how they even came across the podcast yeah like if there's only one person in those countries I'd be intrigued to know how exactly they came across it because some of my favorite guests that you have on are obviously we have a wide ranging guests from around the world, but I love talking about their experiences growing up with type one diabetes in that certain country in comparison to, well, Ireland mainly is where, where you grew up with it. And uh, mm. most recently when we were talking about the cost of insulin in the USA, it was just fascinating. But then also what other people in other countries have to do to, you know, get their insulin and to keep it cool in hot weather and all those sort of things. So definitely, and it don't be just those countries. If you have a, an experience of living with type one diabetes in a, in a country around the world that you think might be of interest to us, every country is of interest, but the insel podcast at gmail.com. That actually, that actually reminded me of, um, one of the most recent episodes that we did when, when me and Isabel were talking about, Again, like you said, Graham, the price of insulin, the cost of insulin compared to, or in the States compared to Ireland. And following that episode, one of my clients listened to listened to it. Yeah. And he said he found it fascinating because obviously it's, it's um, very close to him and what he has to deal with and these kind of things. And he said, this is unbelievable. He sent me a photo of... I think like one of his receipts from a pharmacy or something. I can't remember specifically what it was from. Must have been from the pharmacy. But anyway, he goes, this is what a month for me would be if I didn't have the insurance that I have. One single month, 30 days. Okay. Right. It was his insulin supplies, his Omnipod, which essentially is an insulin pump. Like the supplies that he uses. And he showed me the receipt. Guess how much, and this was written on it. Guess how much the monthly invoice, let's call it, was without insurance. Uh, I'm going to say, I'll say double rent. So 
I don't know what would rent be. I'll say use my rent. Two thousand. Is this in dollars? Two thousand dollars? Two thousand dollars. Guess again. No. Guess again. You're not even close. Uh, I don't even want it. Four thousand dollars. Twenty-five grand. What? Twenty-five grand. I'll actually see if I can get the image up again. I I was like, am I am I seeing things here? I said, no. This is these are my supplies without insurance. Let's see if I can find it again. I've gone from like thinking about rent and doubling rent to putting down a deposit on a house. Um. As of August 9th, 2022, you owed $24,797.54. So this is the message that he said. So he sent me the photo and he said, recent podcast made me think of this dot, dot, dot. I did not have to pay any of this, but when I switched jobs, there was a mistaken gap in my insurance coverage. And this is what folks without insurance would have to pay for about a month of Novolog, Omnipod, Dexcom, and one blood test. Crazy. That's what he said. One month, 25 grand. But the thing about it is, if you don't, if you can't afford insurance, you can't afford that. So I, how does it work? It doesn't. But remember, remember when I asked Isabel, like, is there any safety net for if and when you don't have insurance? And mm. she, without hesitation, she just goes, no. Yeah, and what it's you were saying, I remember your conversation is, and you've said it as well many times in the past, where you have clients and stuff who stay in particular jobs that mm. they don't like just because they need the safety net of the health insurance because if they don't, they won't be able to afford their diabetic supplies. Mm. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it's sick. It's sick. Mm. Well, that's why we want to chat to you from around the world. What's the experience like? Shared experience, the Insel Owen podcast at gmail.com is where you can get us. We're going to talk about a couple of emails that were sent in to that exact website. Um, will we kick it off, Owen? Yes, please. Okay, we'll kick off this one. Email number one this week it is entitled COVID from Brooklyn McKenna. And I think this is very apt because cool, recently you had COVID as well, Owen. And Brooklyn says, hello, my name is Brooklyn. And I just wanted to say a huge thank you for making me feel so normal when it comes to diabetes, but in particular to COVID. I remember listening to your COVID podcast a few months ago. And then this week when I became positive, I thought I'm going to re-listen to it. I laugh so much as I've been exactly the same. Sugar's so stubborn, up to 17s, and the insulin is like water. No smell as well. Listening to you describe all your symptoms was literally making me laugh as much as I am exactly the same. Thanks for helping me through this all the way across the world. From Australia, thanks, Brooklyn. And since she sent that one, you have since got COVID again. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Brooklyn, thank you for your message. And thank you, as always, for your ears for the podcast. Um, I hope you're feeling better with COVID. And I hope you have seen the bloods come back to some sort of normality as a result. But yeah, even with that, like my two experiences were just completely different. Like the first time I had it, my blood sugar was, was, was just chaos. And then this time, pretty much no impact at all. Yeah. And I felt completely fine, which I wasn't complaining about, obviously. But it was just weird. It seems to be quite random and unpredictable. I wonder, and I, you, you don't know this because you just wouldn't, was it a different strain? It could be a year on, a different strain. Mm. And, and they're saying the strains are getting 
kind of less impactful on your health. I think the the first one I had initially was the Delta strain. Yeah. So I don't know if that was like a worse one, but Mm. potentially it was. Well, Brooklyn, I'm sure you've listened to the second COVID podcast we did a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully you're fit and healthy now, Brooklyn, and your bloods have somewhat come back to normal. Email number two and entitled Finding It Hard Sometimes from Sarah Henry. And Sarah goes, hey, Owen. Thank you so much for everything you are doing with the podcast. I am learning so much from each episode. But even though I'm open to learning about the condition, I do get down from time to time. Sometimes I feel like it is never ending and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I know that sounds a bit dramatic, and it is, but that's just how I feel sometimes. I suppose the question I have for you is, how do you keep so positive about diabetes on the days when it feels like it is doing everything to keep you down? Thanks so much for everything again. You are a real shining light within the diabetes community, and we are lucky to have people like you looking out for us. Thanks again, Sarah from Boston. Wow, that's an amazing email. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate that email a lot. And it's actually emails like that that just make the podcast worthwhile doing, you know, and me and Graham know uh, (laughs) in great detail, it has in no way been an easy thing to do, consistently doing a podcast every week for two years it's incredibly difficult but emails like that just make it all worthwhile essentially so thank you sarah i really appreciate it um and also a very good question and something that is relevant to everyone but not just and i suppose not just people living with type 1 diabetes because everybody has good days everybody's bad days everybody has good weeks everybody has bad weeks but Type 1 diabetes has a unique way of, let's say, amplifying the bad days. Because the way I always look at it, when things completely unrelated to diabetes are stressing us out or making us feel overwhelmed or upset or whatever it might be, the last thing in the world in those moments is the last thing in the world we want to do in those moments is have to manage our diabetes. And the reality of the condition is whether you're happy or sad in control or overwhelmed your diabetes is always there so it's that's why i always harp on about you know trying to be automatic with your management in the sense that well you can deal with it to a certain extent regardless of what you're doing or what you're going through essentially but i suppose the first thing to outline and to highlight and reiterate is the fact that i'm not positive all the time i'm not happy all the time you know um so i don't want people to think that because i do a podcast and because of the work that i do i'm always optimistic and happy and upbeat because that's just not true but i have some ways of thinking and some ways of framing certain times that you can go through that kind of help me get back on track essentially so i suppose what comes to mind to in some way try and offer some practical advice to sarah or to anybody who obviously struggles with their diabetes from time to time as we all do hopefully they're helpful they work for me but the first thing that i like to do is i remind myself of the fact that whatever type of day or week I'm going through I have likely gone through it before and I've likely or I will likely go through it again 
And when I remind myself of the fact that, well, this isn't the first time this has happened, then I can remind myself of, well, I've been through it. I know what it feels like. I know what to expect. And I've done X, Y, Z to get through it. So let's say my blood sugars were up at 20 and they just wouldn't come down. You know, that's happened before. And in that moment, it's very difficult. But I remind myself of it's probably going to happen again anyway. So it kind of normalizes that moment rather than kind of exaggerating it or, or making it worse than it can be. Another thing that Sarah said that kind of jumped out at me and it reminds me of a conversation that I had with a client relatively recently about how essentially there's no finish line with your diabetes. And we touched on it a couple of weeks ago about, you know, you break your leg, you go into the hospital, you get a cast, you wait, and then your, your leg recovers. <laughs> Whereas with diabetes, it's just that constant. And it's, it's like it's continuous assessment without any exam at the end. It's just ongoing. So it's important that we can create a sustainable and realistic routine with our diabetes so that we can manage it long term basically, without it being too overwhelming. And another thing that I was, I was speaking to a client about briefly this week was about kind of to avoid the overwhelm of the long-term aspect of your diabetes. Just break it down day by day, meal by meal, decision by decision. It's less overwhelming then because you have literally no control over you and your diabetes in a week's time or a month's time or a year's time or 10 years time. The only thing you have control over is what you're doing right now this second. Like, are you making measured and rational decisions around your diabetes? Are you making time to exercise? Are you making time to eat good quality food? Are you making time to pre-bolus? Are you making time to carb count? All these things that we can kind of break down and essentially simplify our day into like, what am I actually controlling right now? What am I actually making a decision about rather than getting too caught up in 20 years down the line? And again, easier said than done. I go through those moments where I'm like, am I going to be able to do this in 30, 40, 50 years? And for me, that's where the overwhelm can come. So I just try and keep it as simple as possible. Another reason personally that I can kind of keep positive more often than not, specifically in relation to my diabetes, is the fact that because of the podcast, even because of emails like, that, like this, I personally feel a sense of responsibility. As in, because now the podcast has obviously grown and the type of work that I do, I feel like I have a responsibility to diabetics who listen to the podcast to be at my best to show that you can control it. And I kind of say to myself, if I'm pissed off my bloods or if I'm overwhelmed or stressed or whatever it is, I kind of pull myself back in that way and be like, well, look, this is an experience you can learn from. And this is an experience that you can potentially share on the podcast and say, look, this is what I did. This is how I responded. This is how I reacted. This is what you could potentially do too. So that sense of responsibility 
to other diabetics out there that has obviously grown over the last few years personally kind of keeps my head strong with it another thing that i like to do is i like to preempt certain emotions and feelings around my diabetes and what i mean by that is i lower my expectation emotionally and what i mean by that is i don't expect myself to feel good all the time because i'm not gonna but if i almost kind of put like a subconscious pressure on myself to be happy and upbeat and positive all the time then inevitably when i'm not it could potentially affect me more Mm. whereas if i say to myself okay well i live with type 1 diabetes there's nothing i can do about that how can i take on the role of an internal organ and aim to do its completely streamlined job that is incredibly intricate and complex how can i attempt to do what that organ does consistently every day of the week externally and expect that management to be perfect of course it's going to have an impact but if i expect that management to be perfect and as a result i expect my mood to be upbeat around it all the time then like i said inevitably when i'm not it can annoy you more whereas if i say well look i'm going to be annoyed frustrated upset so when it does happen it's kind of like oh okay yeah i was expecting this at some stage rather than being almost shocked at the fact that i'm having a difficult day does that make sense yeah absolutely and we've talked about the kind of psychology of having diabetes before but i don't think you've mentioned that little trick that you use and i think that's Mm. really interesting because it's the same with everything when you look at i i don't consider you an influencer at all but I'm, i want to use the term influencers online and people that people look up to and follow all the time and they live this perfect life but it's not perfect all the time so when sarah is saying that you're positive all the time how do you keep positive it's good to know that you set those expectations where no i don't have to be positive all the time because do you know what it can be crap and as you said, if you are feeling crap one day and your expectation is to be positive all the time, then you are going to feel even worse. Mm. So I think that's a really nice way of framing it in your mind and looking at it differently as well. And I hope that will help Sarah and many, many other diabetics listening who, um, of course, struggle from day to day with the psychology side of diabetes. Mm. And I suppose even just one more point, and I've touched on this a few times throughout the podcast consistently, but this is kind of like the core to how i feel ultimately about my diabetes and that is the fact that i just don't have any control over it and what i mean by that is i had nothing to do with me getting diabetes you know and i can't undo that so for me the fact that i have no control over that it kind of lets you realize well look I can't worry about this too much because I've no control over it. But what do I do have control over? I have control over how I react, how I respond. I have control over, do I take action with actually making these measured and rational decisions to benefit my health with the condition? And 
if I'm stressed, overwhelmed, upset, annoyed, pissed off by something, I'll say to myself, it doesn't even need to be diabetes related, but I'll say, is this in my control? And if it's not, I try not to worry about it. I'll say, okay, if it's not in my control, how can I react or respond differently? So it doesn't affect me too much. And then I say to myself, is this in my control? And if it is in my control, then I can say, what's the problem and what's the solution? Because if something's in my control, then I can do something about it. But if it's not, the only thing I can do about it is control how I react and how I respond. I think that's a fantastic way to leave it on. And Sarah and Brooklyn, thank you so much for your emails. And I think the psychology of diabetes is also very, very, very important. A hundred percent. It's more important because if you're not on track emotionally and mentally, mm. for on track for lack of a better term, with your diabetes, then it's very difficult to be as consistent as you can be with the physical side of things. I always look at Graham when questions like that are answered because when somebody asks me a question like that, it's kind of like you just you're 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 opening something big because I'm always fascinated by those types of questions. I'm always even fascinated by how I think about those sorts of questions because diabetes is one of those conditions that you can't ignore the mental and emotional side. So inevitably you spend a lot of time thinking about it and considering different approaches towards different types of days let's say again sarah and brooklyn thanks so much for your your emails and i hope you got some value out out of those answers and graham appreciate you as always not at all see how much we got out of those emails would you like to send an email if you have a question the insel owen podcast at gmail.com owen thank you very much Thank you, Graham. Thank you, listener. Have a great day. Have a good week. Look after your blood sugars. Chat to you soon. Take it easy.